This message was presented at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. We're on session number four, and the title of this session is The Key to Success, which we kind of covered on the last one, so I'm not going to really get into that too much. And the keeping of the fourth commandment, how do those two tie in together? And they do, and uh, I've already hit the, the law of service, which is the key to success, God's side success. And uh, so we're going to see how that ties into the fourth commandment. Jesus hit the law of service this way. I ended with this. I'm going to start off again with it just in case somebody just joined us in this session here. Uh, by the way, if you're just joining us in this session, you've missed a lot of building blocks. Some of the things you may not understand or even agree with because you haven't gotten some of the information. And I would advise you uh, they have tapes available and they're going to be selling them. have nothing to do with that. Um, uh, but uh, of all the sessions, so you might want to do that. So here it is. Here is the law of service, which is the connecting link to God and man. It connects us to God and it fits into all the other laws. I'm not going to go through those right now. I'll hit them at the end. No man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. Can't do it. This flies into the face of our interpretation of the fourth commandment. And um, we're going to deal with that. And I'm going to come up with some concepts that will challenge our traditional understanding, but it will not defy the principles. It will expand the principles and take them to another level. It will not do away with the old. It will expand the old and take us to a whole nother level so that what we understood at the old is just a little piece of it. We're going to get the full blown now and see what God's purpose and how it is to see the thing that will seal us. It will seal us if we keep the full. And matter of fact, I'm going to say this while I'm thinking about it because I might not think about it. Keeping the fourth commandment is the key to keeping all the rest of them. Because if you don't, if you try to keep them in your flesh, you're not keeping any of them. You have to, Christ has to be in you for you to keep any of it. And if Christ is not in you, then you say, well, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I'm not going to take the Lord's name in vain. You're taking it in vain because really you're not really a Christian. You know, I'm not, I'm going I'm to love my enemies. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not really. You know, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm not going to commit adultery. And in your mind, you're tripping all the time. And not only with females or, or male, adultery is loving something more than God. That's spiritual adultery. So you can't, you know, there's no way. The key to keeping the other nine is to really have the relationship of the four. And there are people, let me say this, there are people who are keeping the fourth commandment and going to church on Sunday, they just haven't gotten the day. Because they're resting in Jesus. They're my sheep. They know me. They know my voice. And when I call them, they're coming because they've been resting in me over there. And now that they heard the day, they say, oh, okay, Jesus, I hear you. <laughs> and those of us that haven't been resting, we knew the facts. But we've been trying to keep it in our own strength. 
and say, yeah, I've been keeping the Sabbath holy. I ain't like them first day folk. I know the Lord. And then they say, you can't buy a cell now. You better get this mark or you're going to die. Because you haven't. Now, you've been serving two masters. That's why the Lord hasn't come yet. He said, my people got to learn. There's more truth to learn about the Sabbath. Right now, they, they got baby steps. They know about the day, but they don't know about me. Because they're trying to serve mammon six days. They give him more. You know why? Because that money, that money, the love of money is really the love of yourself. And as long as we love self and flesh loves self, don't you know flesh does not want to die? Who wants to? The flesh say, I don't want to die. Kill Jesus. Don't kill me. I'll help you, I'll help you be God. Get some money. You can make it. Trust in God. That's what they say on the dollar. That's the biggest lie ever told. Get off that. Take that thing off the dollar. You trust in God when you don't. And that doesn't mean you won't have money. I, I, I know I'm not stupid. I pay bills with the dollar, but guess who gives me the dollar? And guess who gets, works it even when I don't have the dollar? God has blessed me with stuff that I didn't pay now a penny for. I said now. That means not one. Now. That's quick, quick form. It's, you have to learn this English here. It's new English. All right, now. You cannot serve God. That's a law. That's a law. That's a law. That's a law. The law of service. Sabbath is that same law. Now, now, now. He said, therefore, take no thought. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added. That's, that's, the, that's the formula for success right there. Stop worrying about it. Serve God with all your heart. Jesus, God will add. And you'll get God's side success. Everybody that has done great things live by that. You look at it, Moses. He wasn't taking thought because if he did, he wouldn't have challenged Pharaoh. He said, Lord, I can't do this. The Lord said, don't worry about it. I'm your power. What's that in your hand? That rod symbolized faith in me. Every time you raise it up, you look to the heavens, and I'll cause you, I'll, I'll part waters for you through my power. Take no thought. Rest in Jesus. Sabbath truth. Anyway, let's go. The work of righteousness, I told you, the work of righteousness shall be peace. So when you, you can know when you're doing, when you're about your father's business because you grow in peace and rest. You enter God's rest, Sabbath talk. Sabbath truth. Enter his rest. Because Jesus is giving you rest. Because you are not working. Guess who's working? Jesus. You remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And do no work because your work is unholy. If it was holy, then you could do it on the Sabbath. And that's, and well, we're going to go. So, Proper earthly occupation results in heavenly preparation, meaning, and I can say it like this, proper earthly occupation results in daily sanctification. So you're killing two birds with one stone. You, 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 you're, you're doing ministry 24-7 and making a living while you're doing ministry. You're paid Bible workers. That's your job. And you can't lose it because God is your boss. When the man gave you a pink slip, the Lord allowed it because he said, I got another venue for you. I got another church for you to go to to worship me. 
and reflect my glory. So you don't fall apart when they write the pink slip and jobs are going on. See, this stuff is so practical. We live in a time now where you have no secure future. No security. You're talking about Sabbath truth, folk. When, when, they, when you get it right, the right way, folks say, I need that kind of walk with the Lord. Because I just lost my job or I'm about to lose it. I'm worried about losing it. But this way, I got a whole new purpose and I have a whole new trust and faith in the Lord. Because when I work for him, I never get a pink slip. He always pays. And you grow in that trust. Now, I know, see, now, you know, make it practice. See, you take baby steps, but you, the first step is to flip and start thinking like that. Now, you can do surrender on a daily because the Holy Spirit will convict you. Greg, you're not thinking right. And I can know what the problem is. The problem is not out there. Surrender, and I'm going to give you the formula at the end. I'm not going to give it to you now. I sure am tempted. I have a formula that will solve every problem you faced. Because it's a formula that guarantees you will do surrender. It guarantees it. I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to have to come to the sixth session. I'm serious, folks. It will solve every problem you face. People say, that's too good to be true. Jesus is too good to be true. But he's the truth. And it says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in him you can be complete. There's no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. All things work together for good. When you're in line and on course with him, can't nobody touch you. Nobody can stop you from accomplishing what God has for you. It's for you. And the only one that can stop it is you. But if you do the one work, it will happen. So, Proper earthly occupation, because the biggest thing is, hi, when am I going to find time for God? I'm trying to do this, and then by the time I work all week long, when I come home, I'm tired. I understand that. Come home, then I got to deal with the kids, deal with the husband or the wife, and all this and that. When am I going to find? And guess where God comes in? At the end. When we think ministry, even our family is ministry. And God taught me, said, Greg, your responsibility, you cannot save your children. I never made you to save. I used to, you know, he'd tell you, you, the Lord's going to require me. Where's my flock? Now, yeah, but he never expected you to be the Savior. You know what your job is? To recognize that you'll give your children back to God like they did Samuel and say, Lord, Show me how to cooperate with your plan for your child, the gift you've blessed me with. And every day, you are co-laborer with Jesus. And he will tell you how to raise his child. And there will be peace. I always realize that because the Lord showed me that early. I'm going to share a testimony. The Lord showed me, you know, the Lord is always teaching stuff, and the stuff is invaluable. I am a disciplinarian by nature. You don't have to worry about discipline from me, because that's my nature. See, if, I, if I'm on my deathbed and you disrespect me, I'm going to use my last breath raising up to, <laughs> to straighten that mess out. So, you know, disciplinarian, when, and, and, and the Lord, I mean, 
the, you know, my mother worked with God and, 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 and showed me some things. So I always, I had a clear picture of God in me because she showed me love. But I'm going to tell you something. She raised two boys who were big and big. I mean, I could, you know, I, and she was single. I mean, she was married, but my father didn't act right, and they got divorced. And so she was raising us. So, you know, but she knew before, while they were still married, she said, you know, uh, she didn't, it wasn't cute when I was a little boy and I raised my hand. And said, you know, that looks cute when you're little. She said, I didn't play that. I let you know when you, before, he was, well, he didn't understand it. He said, yes, he does. Because he wouldn't have raised it up if he didn't. So he think that's cute. And if you laugh at it, he said, oh, okay, I can slap mama and it's funny. She said, no, don't ever think. You can get away with that, son. And she'd pop, didn't hurt. Little pop like that. Didn't hurt, but it hurt emotionally. I said, she hit me. Ah, you nailed it on the little pop. See, anytime you got to go off on your kids, something wrong. You didn't raise them right. Now, I'm not trying to do, you know, we, 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 I don't know a perfect parent in the world. So we all make mistakes. I'm, sorry. I'm just saying realize a mistake has been made and then turn it over to Jesus. Because uh, I'm telling you that story to let you know this. Now, I knew some principles all early. So I always, and I got three strapping boys all big. You should see them. I mean, not, I mean, they make me, because their mother's family is tall. Her, she's a short in the family. She's about five, seven, about my height. And, 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 and but all, like their uncles and stuff, they were six, seven, six, five, six, eight. So giants in the land, Anakim. And so our little people, so they, they, they did not six, but my, my six, two. I mean, big boys, broad shoulders and things. And so, I mean, it's hard for me to admit it today. I, they could probably whip me, but I really don't believe it. Because I say, I don't raise in nobody, in nobody in my house that can whip me. I don't believe it. No, sir. But uh, anyway, all that's fine. But the Lord showed me early. I had a problem with discipline. I would discipline my children in anger. And so I had a tendency to be whipped them. And, 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 and it's a cultural thing for us, too, as well. Black cultures, you know, we, we've been raised on... The grandmother be or mother be whipping, they've been talking to you while they whip you. I took, did not tell you not to, did not tell you, shut up, stop that crying. Well, if you stop hitting me, I might stop crying. <laughs> you know, but, but I'm going to tell you, they showed us love. So love covers a multitude of sins. And I look back on it, I say, well, yeah, they were, but, but there was some love in the community. So it covered that. Today, the folk don't love the children, they just abuse them. But you go too far and they say, well, don't do them at all. No, spare the rod, spoil that child. They need a little rod, but they need it in love. And the Lord showed me because I, I, I would do it in anger. The Lord said, no, Greg, you know what you taught them? All you taught them was your anger. That's all they learned. All they learned was your anger. You cannot discipline them like that. You let me calm you down before you deal with any kind of discipline. So I, would, I had a rule where it's, I tell the kids, I say, they do something. I say, go in the room. I'll be there in a minute. Now, I didn't always use that, you know, because most time I, you know, use some other form because, you know, my mother learned with me after a while, spanking me didn't work anyway. Just make me stay in the house. That's the worst thing you do. I say, go on, spank me so I can hurry and get out of here, you know, when I was younger. And she said, so she had to say, you can't go outside. You go in your room. Man, that killed me. But anyway, uh, 
anyway, I said, you know, I, there were times when I said I had to. So I, then I'd go in there and I'd be calm and I'd explain to them what they did and why I'm going to do this. Then I'd give them, I, I had a rule, I wasn't going to do more than three. But they were manly three now. Pack up, whoa! Okay, all right, now. Then afterwards, I would go to them and hug them and talk to them. My mother did that with me when I was younger. And I always, and, and see, it, meant, it told me volumes. And she did it calmly when she spent, and then she would come and hug me. I felt loved. Now, because I was, you know, a little brat, I'd sometimes when she'd come and hug me, I'd say, I don't want you to hug me. And she'd still hug me anyway. But then one day, she didn't hug me. I said, where's mama? What's wrong? Why is she hugging me? And then she finally did hug me to let me know, yeah, you want to be hugged. I know you do, so stop talking that trash. So anyway, but, but, but I'm saying the Lord helped me with that. Now, I realize when I got older, because my children, just like I did, my mother did, because my mother was truly a godly parent, and my grandfather was like that as a father. It's amazing how my grandfather was, and I got that from them. That was a blessing to him. Bless my life, and that helped me understand something. I always felt love. I was surrounded by love all my life. That's why my confidence has always been off the charts. But, you know, I knew I'd made mistakes. And, when, and my children, just like I act, my mother did all that stuff. She sacrificed and sent me to Christian school. I never went to a public school. But I, I, when I got four, 14 years old, because my mother went, I was sneaking. I, I was out there. I always, like I said, I was dual. I, the, I was, the, strong, the force of God was strong with me, but so was the other, the dark side. Dark side. And see, all this stuff is based on some truths, and then the devil uses it in another way. You know, you, all that old crazy stuff is, has some truths to it. So, 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 but, but I say all that. Let me get to the point. I realized I just made the mistakes, and my children went off the hook, too. They're finally coming to themselves. I, I wish I had time to talk about parenting and how trust God. He'll see you through. Because there's some things I really had to just trust God on. I mean, I could do literally do, do nothing but trust. But the Lord had given me enough time to plan it in them, and so I could trust in that. But, but I, I, I saw him going out, and I got with him. I said, as a pastor, I never, anyway, I sat down with him. I said, tell me where I failed you. And I mean seriously. I know I haven't been a perfect parent. But, and I need you to help me understand where I made the mistake so I can repent of God and help other folk. You know, so you all tell me what I did wrong. I mean, the things, because I know I've done something wrong. So, you know, just tell me. You're going to help me. And what they tell me, both times I've asked them that, they said, Dad, I wish you'd stop asking us that because, really, you know, we don't see that you did anything wrong. Now, that, I know that ain't I know that that, but that same way I felt with my mother. I know she made me, you know why? Because this is what they've always felt. Whatever dad is doing, he's doing it because he loves us. So to me, I don't feel he made no mistake. Yeah, that whipping hurt. Yeah, when that time, I did lose it on my middle son a couple of times, even after that. Because that boy will test you to the fullest. And he did that thing, and when he was grown, that boy like this. And I lost it because he did something to his brother and didn't act like it didn't mean nothing to him. And I said... That's your brother, man. When I came in and saw how he had bit his ear, and then he talked on the phone to this little hoochie mama. That uh, uh, yeah, I said it, <laughs> cause that's what she was. <laughs> and, 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 and like nothing, I went from zero to one thousand. And I was over, there and I I hit him in the chest like a man. Boom. <laughs> Later, then the, I was doing it, and the Lord said, "Greg, what are you doing? Stop. 
And then I caught myself. And I, and I talked to him, and I, after a while, I, I walked away, and I came back, and I said, Michael, I'm sorry what I did. What I did to you was totally wrong. And there's no excuse for it, because I was supposed to show you the love of God, and I showed you Greg. And you know what he told me? And it was wrong, but he, this is how he felt. He said, Dad, I deserved it. I deserved it, because the way I acted was totally wrong. I mean... And I was wrong, but you see what I'm saying? God will help cover those things. And he, I, my, I believe my children are going to be saved with all of my mistakes, with all, whatever. I wish I had more time, but I got to get off of that note. I really do. Uh, uh, but I'm, I'm, make, I'm, I'm bringing some practical stuff that surrender makes your life so much better in every area. In every area. Because Jesus, bottom line, the load is on him. I'm yoked up with him, but he carries the load. And I just go with him. And when I fear, I say, Father, my, 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 my walk partner, Lord, that's your issue now. Show me how to cooperate. Give me the strength. I'll do my part as you give it to me. But the burden's on you. It's light, easy. Now, okay. Oh, I don't have time. But I'm going to just show you how all these, the law, all these are truly Surrender. And the law of God, the fourth commandment, is the law that really keeps us in it. So let's look at that. Let's go there now. And remember, the law of the spirit is serve God 24-7. You can't serve God and mammon. Can't give him six days and God one. You have to give God 24-7 or you give the devil 24-7. Can't serve both. Now, the law of God comes in. The law of God comes in. Let me just say this. How much do you, do you have any time? 30, okay, good. Christ in his teaching presented old truths of which he himself was the originator. Remember, old truths of which he himself was the originator, because we're going to deal with that when it comes to the Sabbath. Truths which he had spoken through patriarchs and prophets, but he now shared upon them a what? Truth is progressive. Don't get stuck. Even on what God used it, the prophets, he gave it. He said, but there's more yet to give. How different appeared their meaning? How different appeared their meaning? Not different in the sense that it defied the old. Notice what it says. A flood of light and spirituality was brought by his explanation, and he promised that the Holy Spirit would enlighten his disciples that the word of God should be ever unfolding to them. They will be able to present its truths in what? New beauty, Christ's object lessons, 127 and two, uh, second paragraph. Now, here's how you can tell that it's new light and not new truth. In every age, there is a new development of truth in every age. And we're at the last stage, and this new development is going to take us all the way in the kingdom. In every age, there is a, this is present truth, called present truth. I wish I had time to deal with that concept. A message of God to the people of what? That generation. Present truth. Truth for that generation. And this truth of the Sabbath that I'm sharing with you is the truth that's going to seal us. The old truths, listen, here's how you can tell. The old truths are all essential. New truth is not independent of the old, but an unfolding of it. 
It is only as the old truths, listen to this, are understood that we can comprehend the new. Let me go on. When Christ desired to open to his disciples the truth of resurrection, he began at Moses and all the prophets and expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Luke 24, 27. But it is the light which shines in the fresh unfolding of truth that glorifies the old. Listen to this, though. He who rejects or neglects the new does not really possess the old. For him, oh boy, it loses its what? And becomes what? Having a form of godliness, keeping the Sabbath, but no power to enjoy. Christ's Object Lessons, page 127, fourth paragraph. Now, here is Jesus dealing with the Sabbath back then. Old truth with new light is going to shed. But you got to have the old and understand the old to accept the new. Look at what Jesus was trying to teach back to his people then so that they could understand the Sabbath way back then. Listen to what he said. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees mm, said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Now here's Jesus. He should have been reprimanded. He should have said, you know what, you're right. They ain't got no business picking that corn. As far as the legalist is concerned. Because that's what they taught. I mean, God's, the, 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 the ministers. And here comes Jesus defying that and said, look, wait a minute. He said, and he said unto them, have you never read what David did when he had need and was a hungered? He and they that were with him. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, yeah. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests and gave also to them which were with him. Now I wish I had to, maybe I shouldn't even bring it up because I don't have time to straighten out, so it's hard for me to deal with. So I'm not going to leave that. I'm going to leave that alone. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for who? And not man for the? Therefore, the Son of Man is what? Of the Sabbath. What he said there, you see, y'all think, I didn't create the Sabbath in the beginning for man to keep it holy. I created the Sabbath so that the Sabbath could keep him holy. And therefore, that makes me Lord of the Sabbath because when you keep that day, I will be Lord of your life. Did you hear that? Because you ain't going to be able to accept what I'm going to tell you after this if you don't hear that. Huh? I said, what Jesus was trying to tell them here 
is that when he said the Sabbath was not was was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Here's what he was saying. I did not make the Sabbath originally and my intention for the Sabbath was not for sinful man to try to keep it holy. It was to keep man holy in the very beginning. If he kept it, he never would have sinned. When Adam and Eve sinned, they broke the Sabbath. You'll understand why I say that better. As we go on, especially in the book. He said the Sabbath, when, you, when it was made to keep you holy, and when you keep that day the way I intended, it will make me Lord of your life because I am Lord of that day. Now let's look at it in this new light. Light that the Lord wanted to share. And if they had taken that basis then, oh, what they would have but God knew. But if they had, they'd have been the people because he could build them on to the next level. Until we accept that, we can't move on, y'all. Because this new is built on that. Now, here's where his Sabbath truth. Now, remember all the law service and everything. Remember it said, here's the law. You can't serve God and mammon. Isn't that the law of God? I mean, that's, Jesus said it now. Now, you know how we interpret the Sabbath. It gives you room to serve mammon six days. Yes, it does. Anybody disagree with that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try to beat you up. I want to explain. I want to hear why you disagree. And, and if you can explain, what does it mean if it's, you know, how, when we say you can, you can do your work on six days, what are we talking about? Are we talking about, you know, doing the job to make money? Uh-huh. So it says six days you can do that for mammon's sake, for the purpose. But the seventh day, don't do it. Why? Because it's not holy. Because it's not holy. If you want to be holy on the seventh day, guess what? You have to stop working. Now, you know, there's baby steps. He says now, you know, originally when he gave it, he says, I know how they, and that's okay because, you know, you know, I, I'm going to lead them. He said, really, he wanted to, he said, look, I want to talk to you personally. He said, no, tell Moses, tell him, tell him to give you the laws and then you tell us that we'll do all that he says we'll do, old covenant. He, he, even back then, he said, I want to I talk to you. I want to, no, we don't want to talk to him. Give us some laws and some rules and whatever the rules are, we'll do them. Old covenant. Lord said, that never worked. I knew it in the beginning, but you, that's what you wanted to do. He said, but I got a new covenant based on better promises. Not your promises about what you're going to do, but my promise of how I'm going to keep you. My promises. Not yours, because yours are weak through the flesh. But mine are strong through the spirit. Okay, now. So he says, but here's, he says, remember, remember the Sabbath day. Remember. Remember the Sabbath day. Why? So you can be ready to keep it holy when the seventh day comes. That's how we've taught it. No. Remember it for what? To keep it holy every day. Now, how do you keep it holy? Verse 10. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. 
thou not a son, thou not a daughter. Now he's using physical things to teach spiritual lessons because this is a spiritual truth. And he's going to reach them because he knows that they're flesh and they've been in Egypt and bondage. And so he has to deal with them from a fleshly standpoint. That's why you see the wrath of God because they, they couldn't understand God's love and mercy. As to, you know. So anyway, I can't get into all that. Anyway, so he's teaching baby steps. He says, now I know you're going to relate this to it, but that's okay because it's teaching a spiritual lesson. I'm teaching you that your work is sin. I'm teaching you your work is sin. Because in order to be holy, you have to stop doing it. Get that lesson. Then we can get to remember to keep it holy. And then the, eighth, the verse that comes after keep it holy is now you can do your six days of labor. Now, flesh says six days of labor is my work. And that means I can work for mammon because I have to pay bills because I have to take care of me and my family. That's God's job. Stop taking his place. That's how the Gentiles think. He say, you're not even supposed to take that as a thought because I'm a faithful father and I will take care of you. I'll do a better job of it than you ever could. All you have to do is stay hooked up to me and walk in holiness. And I will do a work. And what will happen is I will be sanctifying you because now that you've sinned, if they'd have kept it, they'd have never sinned. But now that you've sinned, now this, uh, this is a sign of your sanctification as well as your creation. This is how you're sanctified. You keep it holy. And I'm going to start with baby steps. You're going to relate it to that. But you learn that if you want to be holy, it can't be any of you working. Because when you're working, it's sin. So who's going to work, Lord? You mean to tell me I just sit around? No, when you understand surrender, you understand not I, but Christ. So now the work you do is going to be off the charts. Because it's greater, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If not, all the worst they're going to see is the work of the flesh. And they're not impressed to serve your God because you act just like they do. So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. How does, what is holy? It's not you working. Now, once you understand to keep it holy, then it says six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. Now, I ask you after reading the law of service and all of that, what is your work? Is it to work for mammon six days or is it to serve God? Mmm. Mmm. That's right. Because the only way you're going to work that work is Jesus has to be working in you. You have to remember to stay surrendered so that it's not I but Christ. And guess what? That's how you enter his rest. Because you're not working. You know what the Lord says? He says it. I'm the Sabbath. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And what will he do? I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Why? Because you won't have to work. You, you, you rest in me and I will revive you as I work through you. I don't get tired of the people say, don't you, need a, don't you need a break? You need to retire. You can't ever retire from this. 
I can't stop doing this. This is who I am. I love it. It revives me. You talking about vacation? Let me be, let me be preaching and preaching and giving God's word. And then, you know, I, I can do it 24-7. And then there's some days I, I can get in there and get a little golf in there too, you know, and get all of that. I, man, that's the best vacation in the world. When I'm on vacation, people say, would you preach for us? I don't want to wear you out. Don't, you ain't wearing me out. Hey, hey, let me preach. Loose me and let me go. You're going to get tired before I do. That's why, that's why I got to keep, keep me on course because I'll go on and on and on and on and on and on. Now, I, I'm telling you, folks, this stuff hypes me up because I, I come alive with this. This Jesus, oh, anyway, anyway, so, 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 six days shut down. See, when, when the church gets on fire for God, where everybody manifests in his character, I read that earlier, that's how we hasten his coming. Because you're preaching, you preaching. I, you can go places, if Finley, me, we can't go. And even did, people ain't trying to hear us. They, see, only Advent is impressed with Finley. I mean, the name. They hear him. But, you know, we say, oh, Finley, you tell somebody, don't know. well, uh, Pastor Finley going to preach. They say, so what? I'm going to hear T.D. Jakes or somebody like that. We impressed with that. The world doesn't care about that. But, you see, but what they do care is if you, who they do see every day at the job, on the playground, at the store, where me and whoever else that y'all consider as evangelists are not there. They need to see Jesus. And they will never hear Greg, Mark, or anybody else. You say, well, you calling them Mark? They called Jesus Jesus, didn't they? They didn't call him Mr. What was the last name? Nobody even know it. Respect is an attitude. And Jesus said, you call me Jesus, and he, that was his name, Jesus. And it's the reverence of your heart. Because you could say, Pastor Jackson, whatever, and hate my guts. Talk about me like a dog. It ain't respect. <laughs> it's the way you feel and relate to me. See, we get all in these titles and trip. Oh, they didn't call me pastor. So what? That's not your name anyway. You didn't get it. It ain't no birth certificate, Pastor Gregory Jackson. Gregory Jackson is on your birth certificate. So, so, so these titles, or, or they're not Dr. So-and-so. That's the name Babylon gave you. You are a witness. You may be witnessing in the medical field, but you are not there for like all other doctors to show off your skill and try to be God. No, you are there to reflect the glory of God. You are an ambassador for Christ in the medical field. That's what you are. Stop taking Babylon's name. I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer. You better shut up. You're supposed to be a witness for the... That's higher than any other higher conception of life than you've ever known. Ambassadors for the creator of the universe. You're talking about being important. Now, don't trip. No, 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 no. I'm just using that for emphasis. <laughs> but it'll humble you because you know you're not worthy. You know you're not worthy. And it'll make you grateful to God that this awesome privilege to be yoked up with the creator of the universe, and he is your partner. You are co-laborers with Jesus. Amen. That's your 
partner, that's your brother. You and him are hooked for life. Woo! So when you walk through life, see, if I walk through life and I had the most powerful person in the world walking by my side, I wouldn't be afraid of anything. You have a powerful man, the richest person. That takes several. The richest person in the world. Then the, 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 most, the toughest person with some physical problems. You got the gangster over here. You got the, back, well, the best lord. So you got all of that, that. All of that is in Jesus. If you walk with Jesus, what should you fear? No, even death can't take you down. Because you'll rise again. And if Jesus isn't ready for you to go, they can pull that trigger and it'll blow their heads off. I've tested this for, I'm not talking about something I thought. I've had to face down guns. I have a friend now that calls me every day. My wife is right there. She, every, every month he calls me, because I send him money every month too. But, but, but he's in there, he's growing the Lord, but he had this liquor so long that once the police did catch up with him, he, you know, he's in there until Jesus comes. But anyway, he, when I, he told me, when I, when I met him, he said, if that so-and-so preacher come here, I'm going to kill him. And my members told me not to go there because he thought I broke up his happy home because they were shacking. And once, the, once the, uh, his, his mate said, I'm not going to live like that anymore, he said, I'm going to kill that so-and-so preacher. Well, the Lord impressed me to go there. And I came there and I talked to him. And after 15 minutes, he pulled out this huge cannon and said, you know what? When you came into this house, I bought you because I can kill you and get away with it. See, criminals know the law. They said, I, I can kill you in my house. You're in my house. Oh, oh, I'm in good shape. Okay, 11. What was that, 21 or 11? I'm, 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 I'm physically challenged, mentally, I mean, hand challenged, 11. 11. Right, I got you. Okay. Uh, 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 um, um, you know, he said, he said, you know, I, but he put it, he said, when you first came here, I said, I'm going to kill this rascal. He said, but you talk pretty strong. And after about 10 minutes, or 15 minutes, I said, I'm not going to kill him, but I'm going to pistol whip him, and he's going to wish I killed him. But he said at the end, he said, but you know what? I want to hear more of what you're talking about. I'm telling you, this is actually happened. And the Lord impressed me to do this. Now, don't try this at home. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what the Lord uh, uh, told me to do. Now, this man threatened my family. That's why I called him, because he called while I was out of town, called my wife because somebody gave him the number, and and they called my wife and said, you know, he threatened my family. And my wife called me. I was, I was out of town at the time because I went somewhere up in D.C. for some, uh, some stuff. Anyway, she called and said that. And I said, and I called the guy. I said, look, I heard you call my family. You hold on. Don't talk to them anymore. You talk to me. I'll be there. What you want? He said, where do you want? I said, where do you want me to meet you? He said, I want you to meet me at my house. I said, I'll be there. We set up the date. So, and I prayed about it. The Lord impressed, the Lord impressed me to go. Don't think I just took it on my own. I prayed about it. And the Lord said, go. Went there, and that's when the Lord worked out. And then the Lord said to do this. He said, offer to take him home with you. This man threatened my family, and he's a criminal. And I have a wife and young children. And the Lord said, offer to take him home. I said, well, I have more to share with you. Would you like to come spend some time at my house? And he said, yes. He stayed at my house for about a month. Now, the Lord impressed me. I don't just do this. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> but the Lord told me to do it. And I did it. Bless my home. He blessed my home. He talked to my children. See, children are, you know, uh, 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 
uh, uh, uh, uh, uh, enamored with the gangster image, especially boys, you know, uh, and especially those of my blood, because I was like that, and that's why the street always called me. But anyway, he tapped in, he would tell my children, he said, man, don't try to be like me. He said, your father is the real man, and I'm trying my best to be like him. And y'all need to follow your father's footsteps. I'm saying the man blessed my home. And God is blessing. He, he spent more and more time after that. And uh, here's what he told me. See, he was the kind, you couldn't preach to him. He had to see it. He told me, he said, I never, I never trusted pastors. I thought all pastors were con men. And they had a good con. And I, you know, your pastor couldn't tell me. And then when he said, he said, man, I believe, he said, I didn't believe people could live like this. Because, see, he came from, his mother was a harlot, his father was a bootlegger, all of his uncles were criminals. All he knew was crime, cheating, unfaithfulness, everything. And he, he said, I didn't know or believe people could live like this. He said, but I've seen, and I'm not, this is just strictly because I was into surrender at this point. I hadn't always been in my ministry. The Lord had to bring me to it. But, you know, and I still had faults. But the Lord, see, what he saw in me was not the faults. He saw Jesus. See, the glory of the Lord will override your faults. He will. That's why you can be a witness from the moment you come to him. Then as you grow in him, it gets brighter. But his glory overshadows your weakness. And people feel your sincerity and the power of God in your life. They feel it. They feel it. And so, you know, and that's what he needed. And the Lord said, I want him to see the gospel. And that's what he wants in you. You don't necessarily have to bring him to your house. When you go to work. When you're, now, if the Lord, if you, you know, as you connect with the Lord, if the Lord said do it, you know, you'll know. And you'll be comfortable with it. But don't just get there and say, well, I heard Pastor Jackson say he's doing it, so I'm going to do it too. Uh-uh, you get your head blowed off. <laughs> so... Uh, 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 you know, but that's what that is. I mean, let me, let me, I'm on, uh, believe me, where am I when the time, somebody? Huh? Oh, oh, he's back here? Uh, oh, 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 y'all in trouble. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, okay, all right, all right, hey, sage, is really, <laughs> hey, help him, help him, help him, because you might, yeah, yeah, you're getting ready to get them in trouble. Anyway, and say, no, 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 that's not doing the work. No, 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 no. So six days of labor, when you understand it rightly, is the work of righteousness, which results in peace. Peace. Because Jesus is with you, and your mind has stayed on him. So when trouble comes up, and I wish I could make it even more, originally, you may get fearful, but the Holy Spirit said, Greg, I'm with you, Jesus, in you. I'm with you, Jesus with you, don't worry about it. The, the storm comes up and you're ready to fight the waves. And Jesus said, I'm in the boat. And don't worry. When you call on me, they come there praying. Lord, instead of saying, Lord, I know you have this. Help me. They said, Lord, don't you, do you care about us? You're going to let us perish. The Lord said, why are you all upset? He woke up and said, shut up. <laughs> Sit down. And the waves stopped. He said, oh, my goodness. They said, look, y'all, a, a little faith. Do you know who I am? I'm with you. Rest with me. No matter, you see, there, there is nothing too hard for God. Whatever you face, God is more than a match for it. You can be more than conqueror through him. 
And as you walk with him and keep your mind stayed on him. And when you get in Jesus, the Holy Spirit will keep bringing you back to it. You may be a little worried. I'm not saying that I don't get, you know, my, but less and less. I have less and less worry and more and more peace. Because the more you sow to the Spirit, the more you reap. And I've been sowing to the Spirit, and so I'm growing in that peace. And I'm telling you, I got into the place now where I know immediately when, because I'm so used to peace, that when I get a little bit of worry, I know, whoop, 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 Greg, you got some work to do, and it's not physical work, it's spiritual. I have to go to Jesus, and I have to be surrendered. Now, how do you surrender? And I've talked with a, we're going to get to that more. See, that's why if I try to do all this and all this, you'll be here till nightfall. I know Jesus can do that. He did it, but I ain't Jesus, and I can't feed you the 4,000, all that kind of stuff. Not yet. But I'll tell you what, if the Lord put it there, he'd work it. But right now, that ain't where he said go, so I can't do it. Now, so, so, so I'm going to deal with that more, but I'll give you a little taste. When the fear comes, do the work of righteousness. What's that? Go to Jesus. And fight the fight of faith. Surrender means, see, we think, that means I can just give it to him. Okay, Lord, you take it. Ah, you got to process. Say, Lord, I'm scared to death to give it to you. This is worrying me. Now, I, I got a bill here that I don't know how to pay, and, and to give it to you, I don't know how. I, I'm scared. And I told the Lord when I was, was testing me on that tithe and all, and I shared it with one because I had to, he allowed it to be, well, I had a bill that I had to, I was in school, and I had to determine whether I was going to pay a major bill, my rent and the heat and stuff, or return the offering. I didn't say tithe. I said offering that the Lord had been, See, the offering is more spiritual than the tithe. The tithe is legal. Spiritual is the tithe. The Lord said, I am not going to put a limit on the offering. You, I'm going to let you decide as your walk with me determine. The more you realize my blessing, the more you give. That's spiritual. So I said, Lord, and, and my thing is I always want to give more. And I said, so how much can I give that you would Because I want to give as much as I can. And Lord, I put a certain amount on my head. That's the minimum. That's not the max. It's the minimum. I'm committed to giving that every pay. But then I give all kind of offers. When the Lord said, give to that offer, I give. Not to everyone. As the Spirit leads. See, some of when you're legal righteous, you say, I don't want to pass by anybody. If somebody, I'm going to pick them up. You get, get your throat cut picking up everybody. Pick up the one Jesus says. And you can trust it. I don't fear. I don't walk in fear. I rest. I give myself to the Lord. I'm going to share how to do that. I do that first thing in the morning like Jesus did. Then I walk in rest. I don't worry. I don't worry. I believe everything that happens is order of the Lord, and he intends it for good, so I just surrender to it. If I need to pray, the Holy Spirit will say, Greg, start praying. If I need to sing a song, he'll bring a song to my heart, and I'll start singing it. I don't have to think it out and say, oh, I need a song. Well, I need a song because the song will help me. To no, 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 that's me. Once I hook up the Holy Spirit, if I need to sing, he'll put a song in my heart. Amen. If I need to pray, he'll put a prayer on my lips. Whatever I need, when I need it, the I am will give it. And I rest in that and I don't worry. They say, well, what do you do? I do whatever comes naturally. After I trust, because the promise is, if you acknowledge me in all your ways, I will. Not that I might, I will. Direct your path. So I acknowledge him. Acknowledge him not just saying you're God, and saying, I know that you're God, I'm not, so I'm giving you control of this so you can be God of my life. He said, you do that with everything, and I will order your steps, and everything that happens will be for your good. 
even the negative. You can't get a better deal in the world. And what keeps you walking with him is the fourth commandment. If you, if you remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, you, you have to go to Jesus. Because otherwise you're walking in your flesh and your flesh is not holy. And, you, and, it, and its desires and intents are not in, in line with God's purpose. Because you can't serve God and worry about your survival. And your children's survival. And their safety. My kids, you know, when they get certain, they were doing stuff, because especially after my wife, the, their mother and I got a divorce. I wasn't in the house. I had to trust God. And, whatever, and they were out there doing crazy stuff like I was. I did crazy stuff. And God kept me. Oh, I wish I had time. Oh, seven, eight, six, they're counting down. You know, I did crazy stuff. People say, well, uh, we, we think, when we say this stuff to scare our children, we well, the Lord is not going to go with you in that. Not when you've gone past your limit, he won't. And you will consciously do that. I wish I had time to tell you that. But I've been in drug houses, and they came shooting, and people next to me get killed. I didn't. Now, don't tell me that the Lord wasn't keeping me. But there's a reason for it. I wish I had more time. Because even in that, I still had a relationship with the Lord. That's why I tell young folk, I say, I don't say, I tell them you don't need to be out there because you see, you, you're wasting. But if you're going to go, take Jesus with you. What? Yes. Because when I went out there, I took Jesus with me. I said, Lord, I know I'm doing stuff that I got no business. But I'm asking you to be with me and don't let me go too far. And you know what? When I was going too far, the Lord told me clearly, he said, Gregory, if you don't do it now, this is it. And I prayed like a desperate man, and I never have turned back since. When you go too far, you have to fight your way to hell. God ain't going to make it easy for you. You ain't going to stumble into hell. Oh, no. You're going to choose it clearly because God paid much too high a price for you to die that easy. Oh, I wish we could understand him. We could deal with our children a little bit better, too, because we make them think if they want to go out here and try some stuff, and some of them, like me, are determined to do it, that Jesus can't go with them. Stop that foolishness. Tell them, hey, baby, Jesus loves you. Now, he's not condoning what you do, but he will never leave you. You make sure you don't leave him. Talk to him and ask him, don't let you go too far. And if he tells you don't go, period, you better hear it. But do not go alone. Take him with you. See, I know we're scared of that because we want to control them. You can't control them because they could be in the church and still be lost because it's in them. Like the older son never went out there, but the prodigal son came back home and found, because Jesus, with, and when he heard him, he came, the, young, the older son who thought he was all right because he was on the premises, but he wasn't in the presence. And when, he, when, when they had a good time up in the big house with God, he said, what is all that joy about? I don't know nothing about that. I'm out here in the field working. He said, son, you ain't got no business out in the field. 
You should have been in the house with the father because you have ever been here with me. It was your choice. See, he left the father too. He was on the premises, but he was gone, working out his salvation. And he got mad at his younger brother when he came in and he hadn't done any work. And he got all this. He said, Lord, you never killed a thing. I didn't enjoy my religion. I was working too hard, carrying my cross so one day I can get a crown. He said, that was your choice. You should have been up in the big house. You could have had this all the time. I'm going to end with this. Two minutes. Oh, Lord. Here it is. You know that story where they paid that man a penny after he came the last minute? I used to think that was so unfair because I didn't understand surrender. And what the Lord showed me, he said, Greg, you know what happened? Them people that was working from day one, they was with Jesus all that time. Had his security, had his peace, knew everything was taken care of. That man that's out there in the last hour, he didn't know where it was coming from. See, you, because we think like that because... He was, he was laboring. If you're doing the right labor, you could, you're walking closer and closer to Jesus. You know, it, it's like getting mad at somebody for finding the joy. You had the joy for 11 hours. He had it for one, and you mad at him. What for? He get the same pay. What's that? The fullness of God, the joy of the Lord. You had it for all the hours you was working for the Lord. But if you didn't, now you upset. He said, look, what, 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 what you upset about? You know, and that's what we do. We say, I used to think, that's unfair. But no, sir. It was all. See, when you were enjoying your life, you are happy when somebody else comes and gets the same joy you have. Because it's not taking away from your joy. It's adding to it. That you see that you finally came to your senses and you got some of this goodness. It's overabundant. It's enough for everybody. Come on up in the house and let's have a good time together. You finally got it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Help us, Jesus, to learn how to keep the Sabbath holy because we walk with you and serve only you 24-7. Our minds stayed on you, trusting and depending on you and you alone. No I, oh Jesus. That's what we want in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2015 conference called Chosen Faithful in Louisville, Kentucky. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.